0: You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Victory Monday to you. The Buffalo Bills defeated the Carolina Panthers 31-14, to 14, improving to 8-6 and six on the season, and got a much-needed win after dropping two in a row, and it's all out in front of this football team. The stuff we talked about, going on a run, claiming three or four wins over the last four games of the season, doing what you need to do to get into the tournament, Step one was accomplished on Sunday. And so in our typical post-game reaction podcast, I'm going to talk about the things that I liked. We'll talk about the things that I didn't like. And then kind of a state of where this team is at. We'll recap my predictions. And we'll talk about what's next for this podcast. And of course, the Buffalo Bills. So let's get started with things I liked. First of all, I'm going to keep it very simple. I liked that they won this football game. A very meaningful win for the Buffalo Bills, especially because the Indianapolis Colts beat the New England Patriots on Saturday. That was a critical moment for the Bills because that opened the door for the Bills to make a run at winning the AFC East. And next week's a big one. They play New England. They go to New England. You win that one, and you're suddenly in the driver's seat for the AFC East. And so overall, just a great sequence of events over the weekend. A Patriots loss, a Bills win, and all of a sudden, that AFC East division is well within the reach of the Buffalo Bills. The positioning that the Bills are in today, a lot better than where they were entering the weekend and so just kind of continuing on this overall first talking point of the simple fact that the Bills won the football game they had to overcome some challenges in this one finding out just before the game that Deion Dawkins was on the COVID list John Feliciano on the COVID list you have to play musical chairs with your offensive line Spencer Brown to left tackle Darrell Williams to right tackle, Cody Ford to right guard, and they found a way. And it wasn't pretty at times. The offensive line struggled a lot, but they overcame and convincingly won this football game. I thought it was a really good job by the coaching staff, both offensively and defensively. Brian Dable getting Josh Allen going under center was a great move. It was a smart move to help overcome some of what the Bills were missing up front. And, of course, Josh Allen and his foot not being 100%. We saw more Isaiah McKenzie in the jet motions. We saw some wildcat. We saw some play action. I thought the Bills had the right formula and the right idea offensively in this game. Same thing applies to the defense thought it was a good game plan. You saw some run blitzes. You saw a willingness to send the safeties. And while there were a few bad moments, right, some misdirection got the Bills off, some not accounting for Cam Newton as much as a runner on some of those third downs, that definitely cost the Bills. But overall, I thought this was a really good coaching performance offensively, defensively. I thought Sean McDermott managed this game well overall. And so the fact that they won this game, they overcame some obstacles, but then they also had just good game plans overall, something I liked a lot. And I thought when you got a chance to listen to Coach McDermott in that very small snippet that they give you on buffalobills.com regarding the, uh, the locker room speech, just the fact that they stuck with it and they found a way. And sometimes it's that simple. They stuck with it, they found a way, and they bounced back. Like I mentioned, they lost two in a row. And this was a fun statistic to learn in the aftermath of this game is that since 2019 the Bills are 11 and 3 following a loss. That's a win percentage of 7.86 which is second best in the NFL over that span just behind the Green Bay Packers who are 9 and 0 following a loss. So a great job by this coaching staff to get this group focused and take advantage of this opportunity. All right, so now we're going to kind of put aside the simple fact that they won and get a little bit more specific. And I want to start with Devin Singletary. I thought he played really well in this football game. The stats aren't going to jump out to you, but it's a very good statistical game. 22 rushes, 86 yards, rushing touchdown. That's 3.9 yards per carry, 96 yards from scrimmage. I thought he ran hard. I thought his vision was on point. He took good tracks with the football. There were broken tackles. There were forced missed tackles. And he carried the load. And that's not typical. We've really never seen under Sean McDermott and Brian Dable a guy really command a major workload. You know, Zach Moss is inactive, right? He's not not a factor right now. Matt Breida, He's flashy, but he just makes too many mistakes. He takes away just as much as he gives. And so this became the Devin Singletary show, and I thought he answered the call. Only one other rush by a running back in this game. Matt Breida, just one carry. Devin Singletary, 23 touches from scrimmage, nearly 100 yards from scrimmage. He was an important part of this game plan, and I thought he delivered. I like three Josh Allen touchdown passes. And I'll talk about Josh Allen and some of the things I didn't like from him, but three touchdown passes. Let's talk about them. The first one to Stephon Diggs, good accurate throw, good timing. That was a laser. That was a well-placed ball, and it was a dart. Tough catch by Steph Diggs, tough throw. Good play. How about that first one to Gabriel Davis? And I'll tell you what, that was a throw that I was nervous about when it left his hands. But overall, it was a great job of Josh Allen understanding that if the defender has his back to you, they can only defend the width of their shoulders. And he perfectly placed that ball away from The defender with his back to him, Gabe Davis made a good play on the ball and came away with a touchdown. When that ball left Josh Allen's hand, and I was at this game, I was in the stands, My, my voice is a little hoarse because I was definitely doing my part to cheer on the Bills and be loud when the Bills were on defense. But when that ball came out of Josh's hands, I said, he's late. And there were three pretty close defenders to Gabriel Davis but as you saw, multiple angles on the replay. Yes, Josh Allen was late, but it was also a really well-placed ball down the field with a strong understanding of leverage and what it means if a defender has his back to you. It was a good play. And then, of course, the, the last touchdown pass to Gabriel Davis, his second of the game. A fourth and two from the fourteen. Two minutes and seven seconds left in the ball game. Big play. It made it a three-score game. It put the nail in the coffin. And I thought it was a gutsy call to go for it and to throw it. Good play call. Good, you know, not a high level of difficulty throw. But when you factor in all of the circumstances, it was a really nice play. And so at the end of the day, Josh didn't have his best stuff on Sunday. He didn't have the same level of mobility. The offensive line was undermanned. He played an extremely fast defense, a good defense. And yeah, he held onto the ball. And some of those sacks and some of those hits were on him. And Josh Allen had some misfires. He was late on some throws. But the guy still went out there and led four touchdown drives and five scoring drives overall. You do that in the NFL you're going to win most games. And so despite Josh Allen not having his best stuff, despite the foot injury, despite the undermanned offensive line, despite no other running back besides Devin Singletary helping this football team, despite no Emmanuel Sanders, four touchdown drives, three touchdown passes, five scoring drives overall. I like that. This Carolina Panthers defense only... Allows, on average, 21 points per game this year. The Bills scored 31. I like not having your best stuff and still scoring 31 points against a good defense. Yeah, he had the interception. And I'll be honest with you, that's just a crazy good play by Jeremy Chin. When he buzzed down in the flats, Josh Allen had the window he needed to fit that ball to Stephon Diggs. But Jeremy Chin's a freak athlete. And he was able to buzz down in the flats and get back enough depth to pick off the pass. That's an unreal play by Jeremy Chin. And so, yeah, it's a bad spot on the field. It's a bad spot in the game script. The throw was a bit late. But more than anything, that's just a great play by Jeremy Chin, who's one of the up-and-coming star defensive players in the NFL, who's been a big play machine And has just freaky athletic traits. So, you tip your hat to the other team and say, great play. But overall, four out of five scoring touchdowns in the red zone. Again, not the Bills' best day on offense, but still a lot of really good things happened. Moving on from Josh Allen, how about Dawson Knox? Not a stat line that's going to blow you away. Four catches, 38 yards, but... I thought he made a bunch of tough grabs. Three went for first downs. There was nothing cheap about his production this week. I mean, Dawson went up and got the football a few times, plucked it away from his frame, held on through contact, and was a chain mover. Some really clutch receptions, tough clutch receptions by Dawson Knox. How about the former Carolina Panthers players making an impact in this one? F.A. Obata, two sacks. Star Latulule a sack and a tackle for loss. A.J. Klein with an interception. Mario Addison with two tackles for loss. That's got to be cool for those guys to show up and make some plays. And especially F.A. Obata. Those were two very high-quality sacks. Beat his man one-on-one and finish at the quarterback. Maybe two of the better one-on-one pass rush wins that the Bills' defensive line has had this year. And so I continue to enjoy F.A. Obada when he's on the field because I think those flashes are really exciting. And he obviously had a big impact on this game as well as a couple other former Carolina Panthers. How about Marquez Stevenson, the punt returner? Thought he looked good. Two chances to return the football One went for 17 yards, one went for 16, and he made people miss, and he was confident with the ball in his hands, and I thought he looked pretty good. And so while Isaiah McKenzie had some blunders as a punt returner, I think Marquez Stevenson is showing that he can be reliable, and I think that's allowed for Isaiah McKenzie to be a bit more involved with the offense and some of that Jet motion type stuff. I always like when Tyler Bass is perfect. One for one on field goals. Four of four on extra points. As far as I know, everyone who played in the game finished the game and the Bills did not have an injury. And then I just want to shout out Stefan Diggs. He passed 80 catches and 1,000 yards on the season. He did it in only 14 games. And... This just blows my mind. He joined Eric Moulds as the only ever Bills receiver to catch at least 80 passes in consecutive seasons, and he joined Stevie Johnson as the only two Buffalo Bills to ever have 1,000 receiving yards in consecutive seasons. And so I know the Bills have had their share of good receivers, but it just blows my mind that only Steph Diggs and Eric Moulds have had 80 or more catches in consecutive seasons, and Stevie Johnson and Stefan Diggs are the only two to ever have consecutive 1,000-yard receiving seasons. You listen to podcasts for the power of the inside track. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to the latest episodes and keep up with your favorite players and teams. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can share all the insights and the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all the money you'll save and the edge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save, Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers coverage not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. All right, let's dig into some things I didn't like from this football game. First of all, the offensive line, musical chairs. I know it's unfortunate. Deion Dawkins got placed on the COVID list. I'm inclined to think that John Feliciano was in line to start in this game. And so, your offensive line was completely out of whack. I mean, there's a good chance that your only preferred starter in the spot you want them to be was Mitch Morse at center. And so, this is just kind of the domino effect of guys being injured, guys having to miss time because of COVID and the consequences on the field. It's tough. It's tough having that many different players in the lineup in different spots. I mean, Spencer Brown is obviously the headliner when it comes to the blunders of this offensive line. I mean, the penalties stand out. Four accepted penalties. Five were called against him. He hurt the team. He hurt the team. Spencer Brown was a net negative to the team on Sunday, and that's disappointing because Thought he's had some really good moments, but he's been inconsistent, and we should expect that, right? The third-round pick, a guy that didn't play football last year, only has two seasons in his life ever playing offensive line, given he was a tight end in high school in eight-man football, played at a lower level. Obviously, his physical gifts are off the charts, but inconsistency is pretty fair to be expected of Spencer Brown. Unfortunately, he has to go and play left tackle in a tight spot against a really good pass-rushing defensive line that has some really dynamic speed in Hassan Reddick and Brian Burns and, of course, some power-style rushers and Morgan Fox and Yeter Gross Mottos. It's a tough assignment. And Spencer Brown didn't answer the call that well. Again, I don't know what you could have really expected, but I certainly didn't like how this offensive line played and the headliner is Spencer Brown. Now, I guess the silver lining in this conversation is that some of the chatter that's been going on regarding Deion Dawkins and what his level of play is, and if Spencer Brown's really best suited to play left tackle, I think we learned a lot about what the answer to those questions are based on that game. And obviously, I talked about that recently and on one of the herd mentality episodes and I thought I gave some pretty honest information about why I thought that was a bad idea and I think that was evidenced on Sunday I didn't like the performance of Josh Allen in this game overall I talked a lot about the good things that happened with Josh and I thought it was a tough spot for him but again he didn't have his best stuff I think it's that simple he didn't have his best stuff he couldn't move like he typically does now he found a way But it wasn't a great performance from Josh Allen. It was fine. We're not going to remember this for ages. He did some good things. But I think some of the struggles of the offense were based on him with some misfires, him with holding onto the football a bit too long, him not necessarily handling the speed of that Panthers defense to the best of his ability. So I think a lot of this does come back on Josh Allen, despite, again, like I talked about in the first segment, A lot of things that I liked. I did not like that Tommy Sweeney drop. I did not like that at all. A guy like that doesn't get a ton of opportunities to make a play, and he didn't. I'll tell you what, I did feel some level of relief that it was 89 and not 88 on that jersey. Because I thought Dawson Knox was having a great game, and I was going to be pretty disappointed if he dropped that pass. Now, you hate to see anyone drop it, but I guess I'm glad it wasn't to Austin Knox, and I'm disappointed that it even happened. And for a guy like Tommy Sweeney, you just want him to make those plays when he gets an opportunity. Didn't like the penalties. Eight penalties, 67 yards, five on the offensive line. Off the top of my head. Now, I think there was some ticky-tack calls. There was one holding call against Spencer Brown that, in my mind, wasn't. It was definitely just a pancake block. I hated that call on Levi Wallace for the pass interference. All of that contact was initiated by Ian Thomas. There's no way in my mind I thought that was interference on, on Levi Wallace. And I probably should have shouted out Levi Wallace in the Things I Liked segment because I thought he played a good game. Played physical against DJ Moore. Made some really impressive tackles. So here I am, retroactively, Levi Wallace, things I liked. He deserves a shout-out. He played well. But yeah, the penalties overall, whether I agree with the calls or not, I thought there were some really bad moments. And there was for Carolina, too. I mean, Carolina had some bad penalties on them as well. But you don't want to match them when it comes to bad penalties. You want to be the disciplined team that plays a clean ball game, and you weren't. Again, on things I didn't like, I was hopeful that this defensive line would be more dominant. Now, there were moments, there were some good moments in this game where they made some tackles behind the line of scrimmage, they made some sacks, but overall, it wasn't the type of dominant performance I was hoping for. I mean, this Carolina Panthers offensive line has been terrible this year, completely undermanned. I talked about it a couple times last week on the podcast Julian Council of Lockdown Panthers, when he was on the crossover preview, he talked about it. A Bills defensive line that is littered with first and second round picks and free agent dollars couldn't really take advantage of a bad offensive line in the ways that I was hoping they would. And so I just continue to want more from this defensive line, and I think that's probably true for everyone, including the coaching staff. And Sean McDermott said as much last week. The last thing in things I didn't like, Mad Hawk. I thought he turned the corner. He had a couple of good games in a row. But he just continues to miss opportunities to really flip the field and pin teams back. A lot of 36, 37, 38 yard net punts in this game. I mean, he's just not a very effective punter. He's just inconsistent, and he's always been inconsistent. That's what's consistent about Matt Hawk, is that he's inconsistent. And just tons of missed opportunities to pin teams back and really control his punts. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar, Bilt Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. They have so many flavors. You'll have a hard time choosing. Are you going to have raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream or peanut butter? They have so many great flavors, and you're just going to have a hard time choosing which ones you'll want to order. I'll tell you what, if you're friends with Santa... Well, tell Santa to throw a few built Bars in those stockings with so many flavors, they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. I've got a deal for you. Go to built.com. use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. BetOnline has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to their new updated website and sign up today and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and bet online is where the game starts. All right, let's close out the podcast today by checking in on a couple of things, including where the Bills are, the AFC East, the playoff race, what's next for the Bills, what's next for the podcast. We'll recap my predictions, all that kind of stuff here in the final segment. But first, I do want to say that I just had another amazing time in Western New York. We had a great live podcast at Sunny Reds with uh, Ryan Talbot and Matt Perino of the Shout Podcast. Justin, the owner over there, he was so gracious, so kind. Really enjoyed getting to meet him and him hosting us at Sunny Reds in Lackawanna. That Eric Wood wing that they have there is unbelievable. Just loved it. Um, the food was great overall. Got a chance to meet Aaron Quinn of Cover One, Dr. Kyle Trimble, banged up bills. He stopped by. And then a big shout out to Scott Moranto and his crew. I mean just had a great time chatting with those guys and Scott. Scott had a big part in why that event even happened. And so appreciate your efforts there, Scott, and looking forward to playing golf with you soon. Russell, who we uh, wished a happy birthday to on the Friday podcast. He came out. It was his 30th birthday and he came by. loved getting a chance to meet him. met some people who came up from Atlanta and Asheville and then bumped into those guys again at the game. It was just really cool. Had an awesome time uh, at the Bills Mafia house before the game in the tailgate lots, and that was a blast. I got to do a TikTok with a guy named Mr. Professor, so check him out on TikTok, and you can see him and I do some some kind of video. I'm not sure what we did, but I just followed what I was told to do, and I thought it turned out pretty decent, and of course got to talk to uh, Anthony of Poncho's Army, Kristen with Bill's Mafia Babes. Just a great event, getting a chance to meet a lot of different people. And uh, just everyone's always so kind. And I just appreciate so much anytime I get a chance to interact with people who listen to the podcast. And um, it's always so fun. Everyone's so gracious and kind. And I just love it. It keeps pulling me back. Uh, my family loved it. My wife had a great time. She wore that Panthers toboggan or snow cap or whatever we're calling it. But, um, she she enjoyed the game and everyone was nice to her. You know, just some good-hearted fun, but you know, she definitely uh had to chew on that loss, and that was okay by me. I brought my in-laws, um, Becky and Alan, and they were they were blown away by just the entire game day experience and just our overall time here in Western New York. It's been amazing. Of course, my brother David was with me as well. So just another amazing experience here in Western New York. And I'll tell you what, it's going to keep bringing me back. I'm looking forward to coming back again. I said that in October and then I came back just a few months later. And so next year, I'm definitely planning on training camp, a couple of games, maybe an event or two that are already in the works. And so just really enjoy coming up here and, and getting a chance to be in the community and get a chance to meet people and talk Bills football, get to meet people, and just have a lot of fun. Appreciate you guys always being so kind and welcoming whenever I'm in town and looking forward to the next time already. All right, so let's take a look at my predictions and how I did. I had five predictions. My first prediction was that the Bills' defense would force at least two turnovers, and my big sales pitch there was that the Panthers had committed six turnovers In the last two games, they've had at least two turnovers in five of the last six. I thought the Bills' defense was due. They had only forced one turnover over the last four games. And so I thought they would get two against Carolina. And I'll tell you what, the Panthers tried to turn it over a couple more times, but they only turned it over one time. And so I missed the prediction, but the opportunities were there just like I expected them to be. My second prediction was that the Bills' offense would have at least 140 rushing yards. They fell short. They had 119 yards rushing in the game, so they fell short by 21 yards. So I wasn't that far off, but I thought this could be a, a pretty dominant day running the football for the Bills uh, against the Panthers' run defense that has been exposed at times this year. So a solid day rushing the football, but not a top five performance on the season like I was thinking could be the case. Number three, I said the Panthers would have under 200 yards passing, and I nailed that one. They had 124 yards passing. And so I could have said 150 or 125. It still came away with that prediction being true. and a great job by the Bills' pass defense in this game. And in fact, I came across a pretty cool nugget Courtesy of Sal Capaccio on Twitter, Sal tweeted out Cam Newton threw 38 times for just 156 yards today against the Bills. It's the fewest yards on that many attempts in the NFL in over two years. The last two quarterbacks who had fewer yards on that many attempts, both in 2019, Josh Allen against the Ravens and Tom Brady against the Bills. And so I thought that was a good way to really. Hammer home just how good the Bills' passing defense was in this game and obviously just how bad Cam Newton is at throwing the football. My fourth prediction was that the Bills would have at least three sacks on defense. I got that one right. They had four sacks. And then lastly, I predicted that the Bills would win, and they did just that, and in fact, they covered the spread. So I go three for five in my predictions this week. Now, as for the AFC East, Patriots are still in first place at 9-5. They fell to 9-5 after losing to the Colts on Saturday. The Bills are now 8-6, second in the AFC East, and they hold the 7th seed in the AFC playoffs. The Dolphins improved to 7-7 after their 31-24 win over the Jets. And so Miami is third in the AFC East, and they have the 11th seed in the playoffs. And so... You know, they're still on the outside looking in, but there is a path for Miami to be a playoff team this year. And the Jets, they're 3-11, and they're last in the division, and in fact, they were eliminated from the playoffs last week. So what's next for the Bills? You know, it's a road date with the New England Patriots. Sunday at 1 o'clock, a big game. We'll break it down for you all week long here on the podcast. And um, looking forward to seeing this game under normal conditions, hopefully. And so I know some people have peeked ahead at the weather report for New England or Boston on Sunday, and it's calling for temperatures around 40 degrees, winds 10 to 20 miles an hour, something like that. And so a much more manageable situation. But we'll see how the uh, the week plays out and um, how the weather forecast changes. What's next for this podcast tomorrow is Herd Mentality. And so if you have a question, feel free to submit it. Joe at the draftnetwork.com is my email. You can also shoot me a DM on Twitter at the Joe Marino. And we'll get that thing recorded for you tomorrow and in your podcast feeds on Tuesday. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today. Thank you so much for listening. I'd love it if you take a second to rate, review, share, and subscribe to the podcast Have a great rest of your Victory Monday, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.